I'm Dr. Michelle Daff, host of The Dr. Daff Show, where life-changing conversations happen. I think femininity is whatever you make. On my show, I interview some of the most influential women who share their trials. I used to shoot drugs in 1989. Successes. That day I was free from the past. And life-altering lessons. My show also highlights femininity, elegant living, and embracing your God-given womanhood with helpful and healing conversations. Good morning, gorgeous. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm Dr. Daff, and I'm here today with a beautiful, special guest, Amber McKen. Amber is an online content creator who has helped many women grow through discipleship and lessons on personal growth and femininity. Amber attended Bible college and lives in New Orleans, Louisiana, is married, newly married, and started off as a blogger and then transitioned into being a content creator. So I am super excited to have Amber here today as we talk today about different disciplines of godly women embracing their femininity and living purposeful lives. So welcome, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you for coming all the way down from Louisiana to come to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Yes, absolutely. So I want to just tell you a little bit about why I love your channel. I found your channel when I was doing a Daniel Fast And I had never done one before, and I wanted to learn a little bit of information about it. And I loved your content. And I felt like your channel was one of those, like, hidden gems. Mm. A lot of times on YouTube, the people who are, like, really big, people just expect them to have, like, the best advice, the greatest content. And it's not true. A lot of times they just have, like, great production or they're beautiful or whatever. But there are so many other people who are just so spiritually blessed so graceful so beautiful and you have Mm -hmm. such great content and I loved it so so much so I am I'm honored to have you here and I'm honored to be able to talk with you and have you share with the ladies some of the things that you've taught me on your channel thank you so much (laughs) for that too because you know being a a content creator Mm -hmm. um, especially when you are faith-based there's just a lot of weight that comes with it. And so many times you feel like you're reaching no one or that comparison can come in and you feel like you're not good enough. And so I I really appreciate that. You're welcome. As a Christian content creator, you also help other people who are in that line of work create content, but you also face a lot of negativity and backlash, which I have seen lots of Christian content creators receive so much negativity from Christians. Yes. How is it that you're able to still maintain like your drive to create information to help people while dealing with a lot of that negativity? You know, I've gotten this question before and honestly, I just have to remember um, why I do it. Mm -hmm. And it was really the Lord that put it on my heart to start a YouTube channel and tell people about him. And honestly, that has been my rock. Like that's been my foundation, just knowing uh, my mission. And even, you know, those times where I feel discouraged and people say things that are really hurtful and attacking or they try to misjudge my character. um, A lot of times it can feel like, okay, what's the point? Because I can just talk to the people I know in real life and I can just take that route. Right. But I have to remember that, you know, God has called me to this mm-hmm. and he's really just been so good to sustain me. 
That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You started off as a blogger and you said that that took a lot of courage for you to do, right? Yes. That was the first step. Um, It's scary to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even a blog like you would think that people don't really pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And so um, because these days people are definitely into more video content and that sort of thing. But blogging is still very much a thing. It's still relevant. And um, that was kind of like the first step um, into this whole world of, you know, content creation and that sort of thing. So how did you move from blogging to video content? What made you move over to that? So during 2020, when I couldn't leave the house, Mm -hmm. um, I decided to just learn more about social media marketing, that side of it. And so I took some courses and really just threw myself into understanding this whole world um, because it just didn't make sense to me. Like I knew, you know, you get on Instagram and you see these posts and things like that, but I'm like, there's a science behind this. And so that's what I did. I just learned it. I studied it. Um, Even now I continue to educate myself as much as I can. Um, But That's what got me into it. Mm -hmm. And plus, I enjoy the camera. I like being in front of the camera. Um, But the editing side of things was a little intimidating because I was like, okay, I'm going to have to brush up on that. But it's like, if I can write about it, surely I can talk about it too. Of course. And you're gorgeous. You belong in front of a camera. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, Amber, in talking about like being from New Orleans, and you are focusing on helping women to embrace their femininity, personal development. In New Orleans, how is the scene in terms of women embracing their femininity? Is that something you see happening more? Is it a struggle? Is it just not part of the culture from what yeah. you have seen? So it's interesting. I actually moved to New Orleans when I was 17. I moved to my senior year. Okay. And I moved there from South Carolina. Um, So I was born in North Carolina, but when I was seven, I moved to South Carolina Um, because sometimes people get confused. Like, wait, which Carolina? And I'm like, (laughs) both. Just a Carolina girl. But it's it's funny because where I grew up in the Carolinas, um, you know, being a Southern belle is the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like the natural beauty and embrace your femininity. But I don't know. I feel like back home there, it just kind of comes more from like this internal place like I don't know how to explain it but when I went to New Orleans it was a culture shock for me um because the girls my age like they always had their nails done they always have like a sew-in okay or braids or something's going on and for me growing up I'm like only a certain kind of girl can do that Mm -hmm. but in New Orleans it's just kind of like the standard Um, But then I learned later it makes sense because it's so humid. The humidity is so crazy there that a lot of women just keep their hair protected throughout the year. Oh, I see. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But at the same time, it just kind of made me more interested in like getting my hair done. And like before I moved to New Orleans, like I'd never had like a sew-in before anything. I might have had braids a couple of times, Uh but... I was like, I kind of want to understand, like, this whole world. And, too, like, New Orleans is so expressive. And so the girls would have, like, different color hair and stuff, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. And, 
Yeah, it was just it was just so different. And I guess because I'm like a country girl moving to the city. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like city girls and stuff. But um, I'm sorry, I'm so long-winded. But to answer okay. your question, femininity in New Orleans is so unique. It's different for every woman. Even though New Orleans is in the South, it's a different type of Southern. Okay. The culture is just different. Mm-hmm. And so women just express it in different ways. Like, I consider myself to be very feminine. But at the same time, like, my outfit now, like, ripped jeans, black boots. Right. I just love it. Yeah. Um, but and I love the way that you style yourself and thank you. it's a unique way of embracing it. There's no standard for what a feminine woman should look like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It just looks different, uh-huh. you know, but at the same time, I just, I love that about New Orleans. I that's just, wonderful. I love it. No, that's yeah. beautiful. I love your hair. Thank you. Absolutely stunning. Thank you. And it's great that you're able to showcase that because, you know, it's it's part of you and you yeah. add the glam to it. It just looks so gorgeous. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, I want to talk about something that I saw on your channel that was very touching to me. It's a subject that I feel so many women struggle with and the way that you explained it and just the way you broke it down, especially is something you said you struggled with. I really want to help women in this area, which is the area of gossiping. Yes, Gossiping as a woman, as a feminine woman who has friends and who loves women and who loves connection, you get together and naturally you talk. Yeah. And as you speak, So much comes out and a lot of times that ends up being hurtful Mm -hmm. uh, to yourself, to other people, maybe not in the moment, but eventually. And in your videos, you talked about like the different layers, like you broke it down, like the people who like to listen to the gossip, like to hear the, you know, pass the gossip, like to create gossip, like there's different levels and layers. Yeah. And I want to just hear from you on what you see like as some of the root issues of gossiping Mm. and how women who struggle with gossiping can start to overcome that. I would say something I've noticed and even in my, with myself, because gossiping has always been, been an area of weakness for me because I do talk a lot. I do. And I said it in my video and it's true. Like there are times where I've enjoyed being on the receiving end of getting some information, Mm -hmm. right? But I would say that, and I'm going to speak about me because I don't know what everybody else's route might be, but this was mine. Number one, I had low self-esteem. I did not like myself. And so gossiping was a way to keep the attention off of me and let's focus on another person and let's talk about what they're doing wrong and how they need to get it together. Um, So for me, it was like a lack of self-love. And then I would also say that those times where I was so deep into it, I didn't have anything going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have business of my own. So I just would catapult myself in other people's business. Right. Right. Um, And, you know, I think, too, that's why the Bible talks about, you know, not being idle with your time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you don't want to necessarily be like a machine that never stops going. Of course, rest. But at the same time, when you're not doing anything and when you're idle, that just allows a lot of things to creep in. You're right. And it also gives you the opportunity when you're 
busy doing different things to understand how things could happen. Mm -hmm. And God will move you into different scenarios where maybe you wouldn't have had empathy for someone, but now you're like, you know what? I've been married and it's actually kind of hard. Like I understand why she could have said what she said. Exactly. Versus someone who maybe isn't married and maybe, you know, could never understand that. Or maybe someone who hasn't worked three jobs right. and doesn't understand that level of stress. Exactly. You know, it's like different opportunities and different situations where you are like doing something with your life Yep, helps you to have more empathy yeah. towards the things that people experience. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. So you're not as judgmental and so quick to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, like, I'm naturally a pretty critical person. Mm. Like, it's something I have to fight against. It's something that I have to pray and ask the Lord to help me with. Um, and sometimes I have found myself gossiping because, you know, I'm talking about somebody and I see this person's potential. And this is where you have to be careful because I see their potential and I want what's best for them. But I'm frustrated about the decisions that they're making that don't make sense to me. And so now I need to vent and talk to somebody about it because, like, why would they do that? That doesn't make sense. Yes. Right? And so sometimes even your... Um, pride. Yeah. Pride and, and having high expectations of people mm-hmm. or really wanting the best for people but taking their weaknesses personal. Right. When it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> right. You know, so so many times I found myself there because of that. Well, I'm like you a lot in that way because I have very high standards for myself as a person. Yeah. And I hold everyone up to the same standards that I hold myself to. So I figure, hey, this is what I expect of myself. Mm-hmm. I expect this of everyone else too, right? And I right. know that you have talked about that as well. But like you're saying, the reason why I said pride is because sometimes I'll see someone behaving in a certain way and I think like, obviously, I would never do that, right? That's why I'm yeah. able to sit on my high horse and tell you right? like what you're doing is is not okay. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, having that ability to see everything and to understand that no one's perfect. There are so many areas that people could talk about me in and understanding like that fine line between discussing something of importance and Mm. gossiping because I have been in that situation plenty of times, especially with people who believe they're in the position to be able to have free range. Like, We're in this space where we can talk about anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe I won't say anything or this person's my sister or my daughter or like I have a connection with them too. So we can talk about them, Yeah, right? I've gotten caught in that a lot where Mm, I felt like, okay, well, obviously it's okay because it's their mother. Like, you know, like they love them, obviously. Like we can talk about them, right? But then – that talking about the issue turns into slander, turns into looking down upon the person. And that, and I feel like that's really dangerous. Once I got saved, really, it's actually when I got saved that the Lord Mm -hmm. showed me all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I told the person like, look, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to talk about this person. We always talk about this person. Like I'm tired of it. And they were really hurt because they Mm -hmm. felt like this is venting. Like who am I supposed to talk about this with then? Because I have to talk about it. And I'm like, well, there is a fine line between let's strategize and how we can help this person. And like, we're just talking crap about them. Yeah. 
But that's such a good point because my rule of thumb now is, you know, Amber, if you're going to bring it up to somebody, it needs to be because you're looking for a solution. Mm. Like you need to be trying to figure out a way to, you know, how can I talk to this person? How do I go about this? Or sometimes there's people, let's just be honest, there's people that we feel like we can't sit down and have a conversation with woman to woman because they're just not in that place in their maturity mm-hmm. and you already know it's not going to go well like they're just not <laughs> going to be able to receive it well i'm and i'm so- i i still do it oh good so i've gotten to a place where i feel like if a person's mm. going to discuss something with me with the person i know yeah sure maybe i'll hear you out i'll listen to your gossip or whatever you have to say yeah but i'll say oh have you talked to that person yet and they're like no and they may say something like oh they're not they don't care they're stuck in their ways so i said you know i'm gonna call them i'm gonna bring this up Mm. i'm gonna ask them if they're okay like hey are you all right because the way you snap at the party Mm. just want to make sure you're okay instead of just talking about them that's good so that's what i've brought myself to at this point now where i Mm. feel the need now to make sure that that person has at least heard that their behavior, whatever, that this is an issue. That's good. But I know what you're saying. Like, No, but I like what you're saying because that's the way I've never thought about it before. Hmm. Um, because for me, I'm I'm such a I'm, – I'm very direct. And I've had to mature in that. Me too. <laughs> like I've had to learn how to work on my delivery because everybody's personality is different. But I also have – you know, when I've had issues with people in the past, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm like, okay, this person can't even take a simple correction. Oh, yeah. Like, they they shut down. So if I come in and talk about something like this that's heavier, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go very far. So I'm just going to leave them alone, you know? But are you still going to talk about them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm just being honest. I know you are. That's but. why I love your content. You're so <laughs> honest. I love that. It's so refreshing. I mean, because hey. part of my personality is I'm very expressive. Yeah. I don't do well just holding things in. But I will tell you, I've started to think about the person I'm talking to, right? Say I have an issue with someone or I know about something. Instead of bringing someone else in, mm-hmm. because you need to respect other people's mental capacity and where they are sure I'm like you know what and I learned this from my mother-in-law too shout outs Mm -hmm. to her because (laughs) she told me she said Amber I talk to God I just talk to God about everything love that and honestly I've started to do that Mm -hmm. I've just started to go to God yes because he knows everything it's not going anywhere Mm -hmm. he can handle it and he can teach me he can show me what to do and by talking to God it's honestly help me have more grace mm-hmm. and patience. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is good because he'll also show you a person's brokenness. He'll show you this area is where they're weak. That's why you're seeing this behavior. That's why you're seeing these patterns, you know? And, you know, I love that you said that because you're so right. That is that is the key. Yeah. And what I did recently with someone who I would have normally, like you said, you're really direct. I'm really direct too. And I've had to learn how to massage my words and how to open things up where I don't even have to say everything I think. Mm -hmm. So normally I would have told this person exactly what their problem was because Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit told me what their problem was. So you know. I I know. And I would have been like, look, (laughs) 
And I would have just laid it out, but that would have hurt them so much. So instead I said, you know, I see this here and I see this here a little bit. So I think what you should do is you should think about like, what is a real underlying issue? Maybe pray about it. Ask God to show you. So I kind of yeah. try to lead them. Maybe I'll give them a little, a little hint, but like very softly. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I, I kind of lead them into God's hands in that way too. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps them not to feel judged and looked down on and like, oh, you're just... <laughs> Miss Perfect, you know? (laughs) That's so true. Because that's wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, wisdom will tell you when to speak, Mm -hmm. when to be silent, how to go about something, you know? Because so many times, especially if if it's something the Lord is allowing you to see, you know what you're seeing is not wrong. You're seeing it it exactly for what it is, Mm -hmm. but it takes wisdom to say. You need to ponder that. You need to keep that tucked away and just pray for them or sometimes wisdom says okay just talk to them about this one thing bring up this one thing you know and that that takes maturity it does and self-control (laughs) self-control and again like that issue of pride not thinking that you just know everything well one thing I like that you talked about in terms of dealing with gossip is having a person who you can truly have that free range with, which is your husband. And you are coming up on, what, three years of marriage in September? Yes. So you have this wonderful man you've married who two are now one. So you talking to your husband and venting or sharing, you know, this person's business, that person's business is a safe space. It is. And I'm so thankful that God gave us that. Exactly. It really is. And... You know, my husband, sometimes when we were dating, I used to ask him this. And sometimes I still do. Because, you know, when you get married, you really see you really see the person for who they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being funny. But sometimes I'm like, are you are you real? Like, are you a human? Like, <laughs> you're just a little too. Perfect. Like, you're a little too. Perfect. Because he's he's just so strong in areas I'm weak Same but here, he yeah. really really embodies like Christ, Christ. see that yeah. God makes me feel yes am I really like that love mm-hmm. like it's just a continuation through him and he's just so patient mm-hmm. and he really sees the good in people he treats everybody the same yeah like if I call him mm-hmm. it's that perkiness hey mm-hmm. if his mom calls him hey mm-hmm. it can be somebody he just met two days ago Like, (laughs) it's just so solid. And I'm like, I'm not that way. Okay. Like, sometimes with my tone, like, Uh I think this is common for most people. Like, (laughs) when people you enjoy call you, you're like, hey. up. And then it's just somebody that's like, always, you're (laughs) like, like, yeah. What's going on? I'm working on that. Let me raise myself. (laughs) But I just love how consistent he is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my husband, though, I like talking to him because. He always brings in perspective. So he's not that bobblehead friend that's okay. going to agree, agree, agree. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Why did they do that? Da, da, da. But my husband will oftentimes put things into perspective or say, well, did you ever think about maybe, you know, this? Or did you consider that she's going through this right now? So maybe that's affecting the relationship. Like, it's beautiful. I'm a firecracker. Mm-hmm. Like, I just see things. You just explode. And I just, yeah. <laughs> And a lot of times, though, I come off calm and collected, but on the inside, it's like a whole fireworks <laughs> show going on. And I have to go home and tell him. Uh-huh. But he's just so, like, patient. But the, but I also want to say, too, that he does listen. And he will affirm my feelings. He will affirm. That's 
That's really good. Yeah. Because that can sometimes cause issues. With my husband, he's very much like your husband in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to actually get annoyed sharing things with him because he would never disagree with me. He would That's always how it, say, yeah, like... We've gone through that, too. Uh-huh. Like, we've he had would to always say, that. like, yeah. what, did you consider this? Or and he always finds, like, always finds something where I'm like, dang, you're right. You know, I didn't yeah. consider that. That could be what it is. But can't you just agree with... Can't you just, like, you know, affirm how I yeah. feel and say, you know, I see how you could feel like that, but... But, you know, I think men and women are also just wired differently. You we know? are because oftentimes, you know, it'll be our friends, like our girlfriends mm -hmm. to say, oh, no, like she really did that. Or <laughs> right. Amber, you need to like call her out. Like mm -hmm. you need to, you know, but I feel like with my husband, he's um, definitely one of my best friends. But he's that friend that I know is not going to agree with everything and going to tell me what I don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. Um but he's always so kind in his delivery. That's beautiful. And um, for a person who does not have a husband, but also is seeking to have better communications where they're not gossiping as much, mm. what would you recommend that they do or who would you recommend they have in their circle? Because not everyone is married or desires that. That's very true. And that's a good point. Um, it makes me think about... Um, in one of Paul's epistles, which is slipping my mind right now. Mm -hmm. um, but he talks about the importance of younger women being taught by the older women. And God has been so good to always keep an older or seasoned mat mature woman in my life mm -hmm. um, that knows him and walks with him um, and provide a safe space for me through those relationships. And so even now, there's a, a few friends I have that are older women, which honestly, I've always gotten along with older women because I have an old soul. Mm -hmm. But I like that I can talk to them because that's another safe space. It's not going anywhere. You know, they have grandchildren or maybe they have kids that are grown and they've been there. They've done that. They're past it. Yes. You know, and they are going to come in and have that mindset of, OK, let's figure this out. OK, Amber, here's what you need to do. Or Amber, you know what? When I was, you know, young in my marriage, I went through that same thing too. Mm -hmm. And I had to navigate it. And this is how I had to do it. Um, you know, in the area of friendships or just, just whatever it may be. Like, I don't have children right now. But I know that when the time comes, it's going to be those same women yeah. that can come through and, and help me mm -hmm. with that. That's wonderful. You're yeah. right. That is so important. And then also just maybe taking a look at your friendship circle and figuring out, like, what do you spend most of your time talking about? Is it other people? Mm. Is it your own aspirations or travel or restaurants? Or is it always other people? Because personally, I had to reevaluate the people that I mm. spend time talking to when I realized that, okay, our friendship is centered around gossiping. And I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, something recently, too, I've learned is – paying attention to the way I feel when I'm hanging out with somebody, mm -hmm. like paying attention to how I feel after I've been with them. Mm, I like that. Because when I'm with women and I walk away from the conversation and I feel encouraged, I feel uplifted. I feel like I just want to go home and get in my Bible and just go after God more. Yeah. That's healthy. But to leave a person's presence and you just feel negative, mm -hmm. you feel critical, or you feel guilty because you know you just spent the last hour <laughs> going in about, oh, girl, like, that's not, that's not good. It's not. 
And something else the Lord has just revealed to me recently is, you know, Amber, befriend women who you aspire to be like. Mm, I like that. You know, if you don't aspire to be like them, if you see the way that they are in their marriage, how they treat their husband, mm. you see how they are with their children, you see how they just treat people they don't even know, like right. complete strangers. I mean, we all, you know, well, I would say, you know, if you're in, in the church world and you go to church and that kind of thing, like we know those people that um, present themselves to be one way, but then you really get with them and you're like, wait, mm-hmm. is this the same, is this the same person? Yeah. You know? And so I think that's also important to pay attention to. I like that a lot. That that really does make a difference, how you leave feeling after being in a person's presence or being on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. That's a really good indicator. Another discipline that you talk about, Amber, on your channel that I found you through and something mm-hmm. that I practice regularly as a woman of God is the discipline of fasting yes. and praying. And many people want to fast or have heard of fasting, but don't understand what it is, why it actually makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I've met people where I've been at an event or something and I'm not eating. And it got to the point where I had to say what the reason why I was standing out, like I'm, I'm doing a fast. And they're just like, how can you do that? Or they think <laughs> yeah. it's intermittent fasting. They think it's intermittent fasting. Oh, you lose weight, girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people literally believe it's impossible. Like they, I could never Mm. skip a meal. I could never not eat. And they don't understand the spiritual aspects of that. And you did a video on your channel about the Daniel fast, which is a very specific kind of fasting. And so I just want to hear a little bit about why you even started embracing fasting, because as a person who is in Christ, fasting should be a part of your lifestyle. It's not like a once a year thing. It's, It's part of your walk with the Lord. Yeah. And there's reasons for that. So I just want to know like what your journey is with fasting. Yeah. What the Daniel fast specifically did for your life Mm. and just any encouragement you can give to women about fasting. Yeah. So I'll be completely honest and say that fasting is something, it's a discipline that I am still growing in. Um, I was very much used to like the corporate fast you do through church. Um, and honestly, I would just rely on those fast. So fasting is in a very practical way. It's pretty much depriving yourself of physical pleasures for spiritual gain. That's like the most basic way I can put it. So pretty much you're giving up something you enjoy. Now, in the Bible, we see people giving up necessities like food. You know, um, Esther did a three-day fast of no food, no water, which, and by the way, with fasting, talk to your doctor first. Make sure you get that because I don't want to be held liable. I always have to preface that. Yes. <laughs> always talk to your doctor, consult first, um, especially with more drastic fasts like that. But we see, we see that in the Bible. Now, today, people will fast from things like social media or TV Um, Netflix. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Personally, though, I think there's something beautiful about really giving up something that's a a physical pleasure. And I don't want to sound legalistic, but that's pretty much where I'm at, how I'm pushing myself to fast. Mm -hmm. And so people fast for different reasons. Um, A lot of people fast because they want just closeness with God. They want that intimacy. 
And when we give up things and we make that sacrifice, because that's what it is, you're making a sacrifice, then it does make room for God. And you are more in tune with his presence and his voice. And so it's a really beautiful thing. Um, and it, it, and you can do it in a variety of ways. There is not just one way to fast. Mm-hmm. I always just say some, it's customizable. It is. <laughs> yeah. Some people will fast. Some people will ask, well, how do you fast? So some people, I would say, if you're just starting off fasting, mm-hmm. you may just want to start with like one meal. So today I'm just going to skip my lunch. And instead of eating my lunch, I'm going to use that time to seek God, to pray, yes. to read the Bible. So I'm eating the word of God. That's my mm-hmm. food. Right. And, and that's going to fill me up. Um, or you can do like a fast, a 12-hour fast. So from mm-hmm. 6, whatever time you wake up, 6, six in the morning to 6 p.m., those 12 hours you're not yeah. going to eat. And you yeah. can say every Friday I'm going to do a fast. And each Friday I'll fast about one specific thing, like for my marriage, for my daughter, for my blood, whatever it is that is happening in your life. And then you also, we're going to talk about like the corporate fasting. So can you tell us about what that means? Yeah. So a corporate fast is whenever you're fasting with other people. There's other people involved. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like in the book of Matthew, Jesus teaches us like, you know, when you're fasting, it doesn't need to be made public. Okay. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Yes. Don't be like the Pharisees. Look at me. I'm fasting. This is hard. Right? right. It's like, keep it to yourself. But we also see in the Bible um, that people would come together and fast when they were believing for something. Right? Um, you would see the prophets come into a city and tell the people, like, God about to take y'all out. Yes. Y'all better get it together because he coming for y'all. Mm-hmm. And the people are like, oh, fast. <laughs> we got to do something because we have to show God that we we're, 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 we we see it. Yep. Okay, let me let me turn around. Let's let's get ourselves together, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it looks like. And so um, today, obviously, um, in churches, a lot of churches at the beginning of the year in January, they'll do a, a corporate fast, like twenty one days of fasting and prayer, where everybody in the church can participate. Mm-hmm. Once again, you do whatever it is you feel led to do, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes too, on a more basic level, you might fast with your family. You know, you might be believing in God to do something and you say, hey, as a family, we're going to give up meat. We're going to give up caffeine. We're going to give up whatever it may be and we're going to fast together. And so with the corporate fast, there's there's more people involved. It's more like a communal thing. I love that. I love it. Fasting has changed my entire life. There yes. have been so many things that were just kind of like I was hitting a wall with and fasting, like opening myself up to that. Um, has allowed the Lord to be able to pour into me in a way where I can hear him more clearly. I can be more connected to him, build up my relationship with him in a stronger way. People will say, like, you don't fast to, like, get things from God. You know, fasting is not going to change God. It's going to help you move closer to him. It's that, like, that open, like, kind of like you think of, like, a pipe. You know, your pipe is, like, so clogged up, and it just, like, flushes everything out. That's very true. It opens you up for that, more of that spiritual capacity. Yeah, because too, like you're consecrating yourself. Mm-hmm. I think about when I was in college, which is the time where I really grew closer to the Lord. And when I found myself in really desperate situations, I would fast. <sighs> yeah. And it's like, Lord, I'm doing this because number one, I need to have a spiritual perspective in the midst of this trial. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be able to 
continue to have faith. Like I need to have faith in this area, mm-hmm. but I also need a miracle. Like I need you to do something, mm-hmm. um, which I know when I did my video about the Daniel fast in my testimony, a lot of people came for me. Well, hardcore, <laughs> which is insane, by the way. Yeah, they came for me hardcore, but. And I felt really misunderstood because I wasn't saying like fast that you're going to get a, a 2023 Corvette or, so or fast it. so that you can like, you know, let us into that. So you okay. did a video on the Daniel fast, which is a part of the Bible, the book of Daniel, yeah. where Daniel was fasting for the Lord to be able to help him to understand a dream that the king had that he needed to interpret. Mm -hmm. So he needed an answer from God. And so he went 21 days without eating meat. Mm -hmm. He only ate fruits and vegetables, right? In the book of Daniel, Daniel was taken in as an exile and he had to live in the palace with this wicked king who was, you know, eating from things that were like supposed to be holy things that he had defiled. And Mm -hmm. he wanted not to be part of that because in his Jewish culture, there were certain ways that he ate. And so he said, you know, I'm not going to do that, but allow yeah. me to eat just fruits and vegetables. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be like sharper and yeah, better than all, all of the other people. Right. So for 21 days, he, he did that mm-hmm. and he fasted mm-hmm. and prayed for the Lord to be able to reveal some things to him. So yeah. and God came through. He sure did. He came yeah. through in a major way. And so some people do that fast where they don't eat anything but fruits and vegetables for 21 days. So instead of saying, I'm only going to eat from six to six and doing that kind of fast, you're saying, I'm going to deny myself the pleasure of ice cream and chips and candy and soda and caffeine. And I'm only going to eat fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And so you did that fast. And the reason you were doing that fast was because of what? By the way, that's the hardest fast I have ever ever done and I really it's the hardest that one is the hardest it's the hardest (laughs) I you know when I started it I was like what 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 did you do and sure (laughs) it was my husband because I was the day before I was like are you sure we need to do this that's right you did it with your husband yeah my husband and I did it together and honestly at that time our church was doing the 21 days of fasting and prayer so this was the fast we did way at the beginning of the year and there was some there were some prayers, you know, we had and things like that. But at the time, there wasn't anything pressing. Okay. You know, we were like, let's just do it because, you know. Um, but it was during that time, though, of consecration that the Lord was revealing things to me and just showing me, like, you know, hey, here are some things that I want you to focus on or here are some things I want you to do. Um, which you will find when you fast. <laughs> there it. are things that will come. Then you're like, wait, where did this come yep, from? He always or, changes the agenda. Always changes the agenda. Yep. Um, but it was also pretty cool because um, there was something at that time that was pressing. I don't know how I forgot about this because it's a pretty big deal. But with my health, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. my health, mm-hmm. I think that was the thing during that fast. That was like the biggest thing, my biggest need. Um, So I had uterine fibroids and I'm very petite. I'm really small. And the fibroids at this point in time had gotten to the size of like three oranges. So I looked like I was 12 weeks along, like pregnant. Yeah. That's how big they were. Wow. And I had already discovered I had 
uh, fibroids a couple, like at that point it must have been a year prior and that was that was an interesting time I was newly engaged found out I had fibroids also found out from the doctor that because of where they were located you know they were like well you won't be able to get pregnant you won't be able and if you do get pregnant you won't be able to hold a baby full term because of where these are and so found out all of that and really didn't know what to do um it seemed like hysterectomy just kept coming up like this is your only you know option this is like the only thing and that was really encouraging. I mean, discouraging rather, um, because you're about to get married. Like you should be excited, right? Yes. Um, and two, COVID was a thing. Mm-hmm. So trying a wedding plan around that, and you're told this. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. So 2021, this is when we do the Daniel fast. Okay. I'm sorry if I'm like all over the place. No, it's okay. It's like all a blur. So. I started doing the the Daniel fast and um, I really just wanted God to give me clarity on my health, what to do. Mm-hmm. It felt like hysterectomy was the only thing to do. And I wanted to bring God into that, obviously. You know, I think sometimes there was people we, we feel like we can handle it on our own. We can do it. I got it. I got it. You know, <laughs> and I knew women that, you know, they were able to get relief from their fibroids a holistic way. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I can do that too. But it just seemed not to be working in my favor. But I will say what really made me have to really move to action is I've never had good experiences with doctors. I've never really had a doctor who's cared or listened. But I found one. And he was telling me, that Amber, you got to do something about this because this isn't good. So I wound up um, meeting with an interventional radiologist. I think that's what it's called. And they were the ones to tell me about the uterine fibroid embolization procedure. And so after meeting with them, we felt like this is what we need to do. We continued to pray about it. And we felt like God was saying, go in that direction. Um, and then the day, I'll never forget this. It was Mardi Gras day. I'm out at the parade route and I get a call from the nurse and of the interventional radiologist, that nurse. And she's like, hey, um, I just want you to know that we've looked at your MRI again just to review everything. And we want you to know that this is going to be kind of a high risk kind of thing. Oh, dear. And, you know, we're going to go in and do the procedure, but... If you develop an infection, mm-hmm. we would have to go in surgically to remove the fibroids. Mm. But because of where they're located, we can't promise it won't end in a hysterectomy. Oh my goodness. So I felt like I was back at that same place again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God. Here I am on a parade route. Like, <laughs> people around me just going buck wild. Right. It's Gras, and I'm just like standing there, like, and I'm thinking, why are you working on Mardi Gras? But, anyways. <laughs> Oh, like, why are you calling me a Mardi Gras? <laughs> let, me keep, let me just keep catching these beads. Oh, yeah. But I remember going home that day and I was just like, I feel like I can't win. Mm. Like I cannot win with this. But I remember the Holy Spirit just asking, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. But do you trust me? Right. And so 
I, I've had the procedure done. I, I did that. Um, I'm going to say I did that last year. And um, the recovery was, was difficult. But the procedure itself, you know, I was it was an outpatient procedure. Okay. Um, but it's just been beautiful. It's been beautiful. And I know that sounds funny to say, but I've just grown so much closer to God um, because there's other trials and things I've been to been through. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about God is, you know, a lot of times we think life is about us and being comfortable and, you know, our family mm-hmm. and all that. But it's really about when you think about the Christian life and following Jesus, it's always that question of, but do you trust me? Always. Because when things are great, it's easy to trust God. <laughs> yeah. But when you find yourself in these positions, it's like, oh. and part of my story too is I waited. I saved myself from marriage. Mm. When I found out I had the fibroids, you can believe that the enemy was in my ear. Like, oh, I bet you feel dumb now. Right. Like, you don't wait it all that time. Right. And you can't have no kids. You know, like, oh, oh, see, but, but God, like, why would, why would God do that to you? Like, right. you know. That don't make sense. Right. But I, I've I've like I just have such a, a close relationship with God that I'm like, mm, but it's God though. He's sovereign. He has the final say. And I know that because God is holy, that means that he's good. Like God is all powerful, but God cannot go against himself. He can't go against his own nature. So God cannot think something evil against us. No. He can't he can't allow himself to do anything evil against us, right? Everything that God does for us, for his children, it's for our good. And so if if I never birthed a child, that was God's perfect plan for me. Yes. That was his very best for me. But in our human nature, it's easy to see that as a punishment. Mm -hmm. But what if that was God's perfect plan for my life, right? That's how much I trust him. That even when things happen that I don't understand, I know that I trust my father and and he's looking out for me. So going through this whole journey with the fibroids and, Mm -hmm. you know, even feeling, feeling like I'm out of it, which the procedure I did was still risky because... They're like, you know, women who get this procedure done after, like, they might not be able to have kids. That's right. But I just had to have faith and just push through and go with it. And I invite people into that. And I tell people because it's important for people to witness what God can do. Sometimes people just need to pull up a chair and be a witness. Like, some things we need to kind of keep private or tell people close to us and, you know— wait for God and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's other times where we need to have the, the trial on display so that people can see God move and do something that they know only he could have done. Right. And so that's my, um, that's my journey that, you know, even though I've, I've been discouraged through it, I've been encouraged the whole time as well. Just knowing that God has me. Yeah, you belong to God, and he has this perfect plan for your life. We have our plans, but he has his plans, and he yeah. He is love. He is the very yeah. thing. And when you lean into him, he's able to comfort you through the things that some people 
could never see themselves going through. I experienced fibroids as well, but I did not know about them until I already was pregnant. Mm. And the doctors had a lot of crazy things to tell me mm. about what could happen, what might happen. And I had to lean in. I, I was I was already pregnant. So I had to mm. press into the Lord and say, I trust you. Like you were saying, as soon as you said it, it was like I knew what the Holy Spirit was going to ask you because he asked me too. Like, do you trust me? Like, who gives you children? Who allows yeah. it to happen? Who fixes and heals your body? Yeah. I do. You know, and yes, the doctors are wise and smart and all of that. But at the end yeah. of the day, it is God. And so I had to believe throughout Everything the doctors were saying, telling me they're getting bigger and they're always telling me bad news. <laughs> but I, I still, I said, okay, well, in the name yeah. of Jesus, you know, God's will be done. And yeah. his will was done and I was able to have the baby. No mm-hmm. problems. Beautiful, perfect delivery. And yeah. God is so good. Even with the fibroids. Even with the fibroids, mm-hmm. yep. So, and and everyone's path, and it's going to be different for everyone, but Definitely. one of the things that's so important, even with fasting into something or for something, is faith. Yeah. That faith is what's going to drive it. And unfortunately, the enemy is so good about getting into our heads about things and trying to convince us and using people and doctors and professionals to yeah. get into our heads. But you're going to have to hold on to the faith because that's what's going to drive that miracle. You know. That's so true because without faith, it's impossible to please impossible. God. Can't so do our it. Our whole life <laughs> is God planning. Like when you first come to know um, Christ, first a, a seed is a seed of faith is planted for you to even believe, mm-hmm. to even open your heart. Mm-hmm. But you know, faith is not a one-time thing. It's a seed. It's supposed to grow over time. It's supposed to strengthen. Yes. You know, if if I'm not having to exercise faith in my life. Something is off. Yeah, something is Something's off. not right. right. Now, I'm not saying every day needs to be catastrophic. I'm not saying that either. But throughout my life, I should constantly be uh, refined and pruned in that area. Absolutely. And in terms of your fasting and the other things that came out of it, like you ended up getting a car, right? You got a car. Yeah. Did you also close on a house during that time? We didn't close on a house, but we did move. You moved. Okay. So, yeah, I had a, a car, my old faithful. It got me through college. It mm-hmm. got me through my adult years, mm-hmm. like early adulthood years and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it broke down. Car broke down. Mm-hmm. I was driving. It just shut down. The enemy loves to try to rock you in a fast. Oh, yeah. Something, you know, he tries. Yep. And so it it broke down, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God was good, though. I was able to get a different vehicle, mm-hmm. and and then even with our our house, um, you know, there was some some crime going on in the area we lived in, mm-hmm. and so we were like, do we even need to be here? But you know, this is where we are. It's where we are. But as we continued to fast, the Lord. Um, put it on our hearts that I actually do want y'all to go, and so we were able to move and. Now we're in a space, a, a home with more space, and we're able to host people and, you know, exercise hospitality, which is always nice. A blessing. And yeah. that's what I have noticed with fasting is that, you know, God will always give you exceedingly and abundantly. 
beyond all we could ever ask or think. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you might be praying for something, but when God sees your faithfulness and he sees that you've, you know, sacrificed for him and he yeah. he's a king, he's always going to give you more than you're going to give him. That's so true. And my friend, uh, my cousin loves to say God is a show off God and he's, he is a show off God for his people. And yeah. so don't think that you won't even get even more than you could have ever expected. Right. But I know some people will see that, like how you were talking about your channel and say things like, Oh, you got a car? Like, that's not, I don't know what people are saying. I no, can't they, they said that. I don't they said that. that. They were <laughs> upset. And I'm like, well, you clearly didn't watch the video. Like, you saw the thumbnail and you went hammer because I did not, oh, I'm not okay. preaching a prosperity gospel. Right. I'm, I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about um, believing in, in God. And, and honestly, going back to my car, now that I think about it, I didn't get my car till later on in the year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like that it just kind of rolled up and that happened but right um but you know we this is this is the thing when you think about Matthew chapter 6 I believe it's um verse 33 Oh yeah seeking first yeah. yeah it's like if you are focused on on the kingdom mm -hmm. if you are telling people about Jesus if you are discipling people if you are and I'm not saying this is all workspace what I'm trying to say though is when you're living it out God's going to take care of you. It's part of the package. You, it's a package deal. <laughs> it's, it's, you know? Yes. It, but it doesn't mean that you allow the, the things. Like, don't put your value in the things and make the things an idol or God so you don't do that. Yes. But it's all about stewardship. God wants to see when when uh, crap hits the fan. Yeah. Are you just going to walk away from me? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you going to continue to be faithful to me? The same way I'm faithful to you when, when you're doing your own mess, right? Because <laughs> right. I keep showing up for you. You're going to show up for me? That's, it's a relationship. That's right. It's a relationship. I love that. It's That's what it is. And that's yeah. all he wants is a relationship and your trust. And everything else will be added on to mm -hmm. you. And it's not a prosperity gospel. Prosperity is part of the gospel. Right. It is part of the gospel. Yeah. Things will be added on to you. And those things are usually things that go right in, in line with your assignment mm -hmm. and other things. So it's not the same for everyone, right. but prosperity is part of the kingdom. And so yeah. it's, it's all connected in different ways. And it overflows. You know, yes. the more that the Lord blesses you with, you pass it on to other people. Like everything God gives me is not always for me. Sometimes it's meant for the next person. You know, we got a new home. So now we can host people. Yep. That's hospitality. That's the heart of God. But that's you seeking the kingdom's agenda. So by you exactly. being open to hosting people in your home and not saying, oh, my home is just for me. I don't want family here. I don't want people here. I don't want dog. Like, I don't want yeah. anything that's not like my Anything stuff. that makes me feel inconvenient. Yes. If yeah. I don't want that here, then if you say that, then yeah, you're probably not going to have it. But when God gives you that because you're open to it, it's added. Like these things are added onto you. Yeah. You'll have all of these things because you're interested in the kingdom's agenda and priorities mm -hmm. so that's a promise that's a promise definitely and, and your mind is on on him yeah and this world's not our home it's not it's not <laughs> we're being steward we steward everything we leave everything here yeah our job is to love god and let him love us mm -hmm. So I thank you so much, Amber, for being here and for thank sharing you for having all me. of your wisdom. You are so incredibly beautiful oh, inside you. and out. And I hope that you're able to gain more people to come over to your channel. Before we leave, can you just say a quick prayer for anyone who is struggling with fibroids or with any health issues yeah. or just wants to have a relationship with God? Can you just close this out in a little Definitely. prayer? Definitely. 
Father God, thank you so much for revealing yourself to us, God. Thank you that we have direct access to you. God, I thank you that no matter what we've done and and how we fall short, God, that you show up every single day with your arms wide open, Lord, ready to receive us. God, so right now, I just pray for anyone listening to this right now, God, that um, you would stir their hearts, Lord, that they would feel your love and that they would just feel encouraged to come to you, God, no matter what's going on in their lives. And Lord, I also want to pray for healing over um, women who are listening right now, God. I pray um, that you would just touch their bodies, those who need healing. God, I also pray that you would give them spiritual perspective, God, that they would see things the way that you see them. God, I pray that women right now who have become discouraged and even angry at you, Father, now that they have just listened to this episode, God, that they just can't help but say, you know, I want to go back to Jesus. I want to go back to the heart of God because he loves me. God, I pray that every person listening to this right now would just be reminded of the love that you have for them, God, that you're in their corner, that you want the best for them. And Lord, I also just pray um, once again, Lord, for healing, God, I just ask that you would perform miracles, perform miracles in the in the lives of those who are listening. God, thank you so much um, for this opportunity. I thank you for uh, Dr. Michelle. I thank you for her ministry. I thank you for how you're using her. And I pray that you continue to bless the work of her hands. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Amber. Where can they find you? Yes, you can uh, find me on YouTube. Just search Amber McCann, M-C-C-A-N-N. almost forgot how to spell my own name. And then you can also find me on uh, TikTok as well. Um, I believe my username is the Amber McCann, keyword the. And then lastly, you can find me on Instagram at Amber D. McCann. Thank you so much, Amber. And thank you all for watching. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Bye-bye.